The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, it's a whole lot of sports going on, man. Um, Tim Tebow got cut by the Jets, a whole lot more. What's happening with you? Oh, nothing much. You know, uh, like you said, Tim Tebow got cut today, but the, the, the really big thing is Jason Collison comes out wow. and, and announces that uh, he's gay. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I just want to con- congratulate Jason. You know, it takes a lot of courage to make an announcement like this. Uh, it has been rumored for some time that uh, – uh, several NFL guys were thinking about doing it, but uh, Mr. Collins, Mr. Collins came out today and announced that he's gaining a story for Sports Illustrated, becoming the first active player in a major American team sport to announce that he's gay. And, uh, you know, again, it takes a lot of courage to do something like this. Uh, he has got a tremendous amount of uh, support from guys around the NBA, uh, from former classmates. And, uh, you know, this is big. This is a, uh, this is a big moment in American sports history, Daryl. Well, you know, and, and I applaud Jason as well, man, because I don't think anyone can fully live their life unless they – are who they say they are, unless they can display who they say they are, unless they can be who they who they really want to be in life, man. And uh, and and I feel bad that this has probably been going on, has been has been basically stressing him out for a long time. But um, I'm sure he feels better now, and uh, and I'm sure that that he's going to catch some ridicule from this. But at the same time, he has a lot of support from people like Bill Clinton, who came out and gave him raving reviews. So he's known Jason since him and his daughter went to college together. So, um, you know, uh, he's going to get some support, but he's also going to have, it's going to be some backlash that he's going to have to deal with, but he's not going to be alone dealing with this. And I can guarantee you it's going to be millions of people out there that are going to give him a lot of support through Twitter and, and a lot of just face to face online. He's going to catch a lot, get a lot of support. Man. For everyone that's going to support him, they're going to be your doubters. They're going to be the people that's going to say, why now? Uh, you know, he's going to be a free agent this year. He just finished up the season uh, with the Washington Wizards. Uh, so, like you said, for everybody that's going to support him, there's going to be several people that's going to, um, that's going to question him. They're, they're going to... Um, they're going to be very inconsiderate. But, uh, again, I, I just want to say for him to have the courage to stand up and to finally come out and, and to say it, I mean, it, this is a, this is a, a major event in uh, sports history. And uh, just just glad that he decided uh, to have the courage 
to to do this. And, uh, you know, he said that he decided to do it when he saw his former roommate, uh, Massachusetts Congressman Joe Kennedy, who is uh, who's a straight man uh, running the Boston's gay parade and uh, uh, gay pride parade. And uh, at that moment, that's when he decided that uh, this was something that uh, he was going to do. Uh, he mentioned that he thought about uh, coming out during the NBA lockout. But uh, with the lockout and all of the distractions, uh, he decided against it. And uh, one of the first people he told was his aunt Terry, who's a um, who's a judge in San Francisco. And uh, you know, when you do something like this, you got to think about uh, how 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 are your family going to look at you? Are they going to look at you differently? And uh, you know, he has a twin brother. You're, you're talking about a very intelligent man. Uh, he went to school at Stanford. You know, it's a very high-ranking academic institution. And uh, I'm sure it was very well thought out, and uh, I, I really feel that he did it from the heart. Uh, you know, some guys, they're looking to do it more so for attention, but uh, I, I really feel now that Jason has came out and uh, and made this announcement, that's going to take a lot of pressure off of, off of other athletes and other sports, and uh, maybe that's going to give them the courage to come out after they see the type of support that Jason uh, is receiving. Well, you know, we we say the kind of support he's receiving now, but let's let's give this a, a little time to incubate, man. I'm pulling for Jason 100%, but we know that there's going to be a lot of haters out there, and there's going to be somebody that's probably going to slip up and say something that's um that's not so nice, you know. Um, we, we've 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 heard some NBA players say some things before that was not so nice. You know, Tim Hardaway Senior had had some very very bad things to say about gays and lesbians at one point. And it actually actually hurt his career tremendously as an analyst um, with ESPN and, and other uh, NBA um, channels. So, you know, um, I hope that everyone be careful what they say because everyone is not going to say things nice, man. You know, we're going to have people say politically correct things. I'm sure on TNT, um, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley – and uh, Shaquille O'Neal are going to say the right things on television. But are, are we going to hear the right things on Twitter, on Facebook, these places where people can hide behind what they say? You know, it's going to be some horrible things said. And some people, some, some notable person is going to come out and say something that's not so nice. Uh, that is true, Daryl. But, uh, uh, again, we live in a country where, uh, you know, you have the right to express your opinions and how you feel. And a lot of people, they're going to hide behind Twitter. They're going to hide behind their, their their Facebook posts. But at the end of the day, it's about Jason feeling confident and secure in who he is. And uh, regardless of what people are going to say, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I'm sure it's a relief for him to finally get this off his uh his shoulders. Uh, Daryl, we have a caller. Uh, you know, today I went to, uh, I'm just getting back from Crescent City High School, and we have a caller from the school. Oh, okay. How you doing? Hey, Mr. Sword. How you doing? Um, my name is Zephaniah from the program, and I just want to call and say thank you for coming down all the way to Crescent City and just mentoring to us about how you, what you did and how you got there. Uh, hey, uh, anytime I can do anything to help uh, a young man uh, 
be successful, I'm more than willing to do that. I feel that that's one of my obligations. I've been very blessed and fortunate to do a lot of great things in my lifetime. And uh, to me, it's about giving back. I enjoyed every minute of being there. And uh, I hope some of you guys make it up for the Play 60 camp that we're going to do in Palm Coast. If not, we will be in uh, Palaka very soon. And uh, I'll make sure that you guys get that information. Yes, sir. All right, well, hey, man, keep up the good work, and there's no substitute for hard work. Uh, hey, thanks hey, for calling. Hey, Sam, you know we got to have one question for you. Hey, sir, you're still on the line? Yes, sir. we got to at least ask you one sports question. Um, who's your favorite NFL team? My favorite NFL person? Person or team? Um, Tim, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to be talking about Tim Tebow a little later on in the show, sir. And if, you de- if you're a Tim Tebow fan, you must be a Florida Gator fan. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. We won't hold that against you. You have a good night, and please don't be a stranger. Call us back. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you again. Right. Yeah, Thank you. Um, no problem. Yep. All right. Hey, Sam, you must have did a really good job, man. You, last- you left a lasting impression on this young man. Hey, man, I, I tried, man. Uh, you know, to me, yeah. I feel that it's all athletes' obligation uh, to, to, to give back to the community. And, uh, you know, that, that's what me and, and you and a lot of guys like us, we try to do because uh, we we have been blessed. Uh, we were kids one day, and uh, it means a lot when you can uh, have a guy that uh, that's played college ball or professional ball to come and speak to you. You know, you got to right. take in the information and soak it up. But, uh Let's get back to this Jason Carlson thing, man. And, and, and you know, Sam, I guess my, I, I'm, I'm thinking, and sometimes I think out loud, but how do you think young men like that young man who's 16, 17 years old, how, how are they going to feel? That would have been a good question to present to him. How are they going to feel about playing with gay guys or actually seeing gay figures on TV and them being the – the superstars in, in professional sports. How is this going to come across to the next generation, the one that's in school, high school now, junior high school now? You know, because, you know, if, 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 if things go the way they're going, we will eventually see, um, openly guys playing high school sports. College sports. Uh, uh, well, it, to me, it's just a matter of time. Uh, it, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, this is something that uh, we're going to have to get used to in sports. Uh, I, I just real, I feel that it's really important to, to keep the dialogue uh, open. Uh, this is something that's going to have to be discussed uh, in schools, and uh, you're going to have to become aware of it. Uh, I think really at the end of the day, uh, you have the right to to be whoever you so choose to be. But uh, I feel that it's a respect thing. Uh, you have to be respectful to your teammates. And as long as there's, there's no lines crossed, I don't really foresee it being a problem. Uh, I, especially if you're a guy, if you're secure, if you know who you are, I don't see this being a problem at all. You know, uh, and now if that individual crossed the line, then, then that's one thing. But at the same time, your teammates, they're going to have to be uh, respectful and uh, 
and and conscious of your feelings and uh and not make some of the jokes that people can make and be insensitive uh towards that individual so i i think it's gonna be something that's gonna be uh, it's a two-sided uh situation you know the individual who came out he's gonna have to be respectful of his teammates he can't be trying to hit on his teammates and uh, his teammates are gonna have to be respectful of the team of, of their teammate that came out and, and not say some of these insensitive jokes that uh we've all heard in the locker rooms uh because of someone's uh, sexual preference and and you know um you know this is not the first nba player this is the first nba player that active. that is active actively playing but john amici uh, who played uh, at penn state and also played at um at um at uh, play for the orlando magic for a little while he came out and, and said that he was gay you know, and he, he had a pretty good career in the NBA as well. Played for the um, Cleveland Cavaliers for a little while. But he's, his career was over when he came out and admitted that he was gay. This is a whole different ball game here. This young man is 34 years old. He's seven foot tall. He has at least probably three more years in the NBA if he wants them. And now I guess the question is, is, if, is he going to be allowed as a GM from another team going to pick him up this year because he is a free agent? You know, is he going to get blackballed out of the league or is he going to be given a fair opportunity? The same opportunity before he came out. That's something we're going to ask our caller, Dale. We have another caller, John Trey. How you doing, John Trey? Hello, Ms. Sam. Yeah, how you doing? Okay, uh, just want to thank you for coming out uh, to the Boys to Men program tonight. Uh, I want to thank you guys for having me. And, uh, you know, right now, uh, John Trey, we're, we're talking about, uh, one of the top stories that came out today is, uh, Jason Collison. Yes, sir. I'm on the phone right now. He's a professional basketball player. He came out today and, uh. How old are you, John Trey? John Trey, I am 13. 13 years old? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but um, this may not be an appropriate question for him, Sam. But that's up to you. I know we were just we we're, were just talking about how you're going to perceive your teammates uh, if if they decide or if they decide to come out the closet. Huh? <laughs> huh? John Trey, we're going to see you. <laughs> Thank you for calling us, John Trey, and I look forward to seeing you guys. In Palm Coast at, at our Play 60 camp, John Trey. Yes, hey, hey, John Trey, one question before you go. Who's your favorite NFL team? Uh, Jacksonville, Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars has to be. That's the closest team to you. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, John Trey. All right, Sam. <laughs> hey, it's always nice, Sam, to see you make an impact on people, man, especially young people. I'm telling you. John Trey said. <laughs> I was kind of wondering about that, though. Hey, but, you know, man, like I was saying, John Amici, he came out, but his career was was over. You know, he had no more career in the NBA. And and, and to see Jason Collins come out basically with – with still some good years left. You know, he's had a, a long career in the NBA, but he still has some good years left. So uh, this, is, this is a big deal, man. It really is. And, and, I can, and not that I can't wait, but I, I'm really interested to see how this thing unfolds. And I guess my, if I were to ask Jason a question is, what took you so long? 
you know, because you didn't just get gay last week. You you weren't gay last year. This is probably something you've been dealing with for for 10 or 15 years. You know, and when you were in the height of your career, when you were playing for the Boston Celtics, you know, there was no bigger stage than playing with the Celtics and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. He could have come out then, man. He could have come out some some years ago with, with this. And I think some of us would have looked at it a lot different. I really do feel, Daryl, that timing is everything. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel that Jason's at the end of his, uh, he's at the end of that road, you know, uh, financially, I would say he's pretty, uh, he's pretty financially set. So I, I really feel that timing played a big part in this. He's played, uh, over 10 years in the league and, uh, at 34, yes, he do have some life left in his career, but when you look at his numbers, he's a little over three points and three rebounds, uh, for his career, you know, but being seven foot is, is a big deal in the NBA. So, uh, I, I really feel that timing was, uh, very important in this situation. And he has mentioned that he would like to continue his career, but I also think that he's, uh, at peace if he's not signed again. And I agree with you. I'm sure he is going to be at peace, and I'm sure he is financially secure. But I think it would have been different. It would have made more of an impact if and 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 and, and almost Sam. I I hate to make the basically throw eggs on something, but when we look at his career, if he never plays again, and John Amici did it when he retired, it's almost no. It's it's no. It's no stage. You know, he, he might be a platform, but he's not be, he's not going to be going to the garden. He's not be going, he's not going to be going to the Miami arena. He's not going to be in Madison Square Garden next year because he's probably never going to play again. You know, and, and it's different if he's going to these different stadiums and people are saying, Hey man, I really appreciate how you came out and how you really made a difference. You made a difference in my life or someone going to be spitting on him saying, Hey, you so and so, you so and so. You know, it's, it's, it's different. He's, he's almost the same as Amici when you look at it. When he comes out and he's, he's not going to have an NBA career anymore, maybe not. I'd like to see him have another career just to see how it unfolds. Have another year or a couple years to see how it unfolds. Uh, I, I really feel that there's going to be an organization out there that's going to make a statement that they're not discriminating against Jason and they're going to give him an opportunity to continue to play basketball. Again, when you're a seven footer, there's only so many seven footers out there. And, uh, you know, there's, I, I really feel that he's going to play another year or two. And, uh, if he can latch on for just one more year, you're talking about making a tremendous impact. Uh, you know, he's a Nike athlete and Nike, uh, they, they commended him on coming out and they're proud of him being a Nike athlete. Just the support has been tremendous that he's received. And, uh, I, I just say, man, Jason, uh, is really a true inspiration when you look at the fact that the the pressure of coming out, uh, you know, it, it takes a strong individual to, to do something like this. So you definitely have to tip your hat to Jason. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. We're here talking about Jason Collins, NBA player who came out today and said that he was open, he was gay. And, um, you know, Sam, I look at this a little bit like, you know, like the Jets cut Tim Tebow. But Tim Tebow may not sign with another team in the NFL because they say they don't want the circus that comes with Tim Tebow. And are we going to be finding something similar to this with Jason Collins? People may not be maybe a little hesitant to sign him next year because they know the the circus that's going to come along with it. Every week, every game, somebody's going to be there asking them questions that are not relevant to basketball. If uh, Tim Tebow is a good football player, the Jets will welcome his circus. I, I really don't uh, feel um, – I, I really feel the reason they cut Tim Tebow is because they didn't feel that he could be a, a productive player. Uh, I really think the Jason Collison situation, uh, yeah, there's going to be people interested in what he's doing. And, uh, he opened up a whole, uh, different can of worms with, with making his announcement. But at the same time, I really feel you, you're talking about a Stanford grad. You're talking about a very intelligent man. You, th- So I really feel that he weighed the pros and cons and, uh, he picked the right moment and uh he made the announcement. He didn't uh 
let people know or through a publish that oh there's an NBA player considering coming out you know he he just did it and the element of surprise is is something that I really uh, feel that that helped him no one knew that this was coming you know in the NFL guys situation you know they're they're negotiating uh, coming out so I really feel that this is going to take a lot of pressure off of them and I I don't know if the Tim Tebow situation is a fair comparison comparison yeah it's going to be a circus but uh the circus that the jets didn't want is uh you know why aren't you playing a guy that that can't help us win football games well let me ask another question with 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 jason do you think if his team was in the playoffs this year would he would have been would would it have been the same would he have come out would he have come out this year if the washington wizards were in the playoffs and in then in game three, game four of the playoffs, do you think he would have come out and said what he said? I don't think he would have came out, but I don't think he, he wouldn't. Have, and, and the reason would have nothing to do with him being afraid. It's just that he didn't want to overshadow his team's accomplishments. When you look at the situation in the day, he's on the Washington Wizards teams that are not in the playoffs. So uh, right now is the – it's the it's the correct time to do it. Now, in my opinion, if he would have came out during the season or doing games, I might might would have a different opinion and say, "Hey, this is a guy that's looking for some attention." But I, I really feel that uh, he he did it the right way. He waited till the season was complete. He uh, went through his physicals or whatever, and uh, he decided to make an announcement. You know, Seth, see, he could have waited till he signed with another team. Uh, and, and not worried about being blackballed and said, hey, I'm gay. But uh, this is something that he decided to do. Uh, again, I think the, in his mind that now, right now, was the right time to do it. So he did it. And, man, by no means am I, am I criticizing Jason or Collins. I, I applaud him for coming out because this took a whole lot of courage, man. I mean, this, this man has the rest of his life to live, and I think he can live the rest of his life with a little less to be concerned about and trust me all of us want a little less to be concerned about um most definitely man uh again hey jason congratulations man uh on, on making your announcement uh we wish you the best of luck in the future uh you know it takes a strong man to, um to, to come out and uh and make an announcement like that uh we just wish you the best of luck and there's going to be there's going to be some criticism with it, but hey, that's part of it. We, I'm sure that you considered all of that in making your decision. Hey, you know, um, my mom always said, if it don't kill you, it makes you stronger. And I'm trust trust me, this is not only going to make him a stronger person; it's going to make a lot of people. It's going to increase the courage of a lot of people and make a lot of people a lot stronger and make make. Um, Make it a lot easier for people to make the same decision that he made. Yes. Hey, but Daryl, man, this past us, uh, from Thursday through Saturday, we had the 78th NFL draft, man. And, uh, you're talking about, uh, a long drawn out process that saw three offensive linemen go in the top four picks. Uh, you know, with Eric Fisher of Central Michigan, uh, going number one, you're talking about a guy that was a two-star recruit in high school. You're talking about dreams coming true. Uh, you know, we welcome a new fraternity into the National Football League. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of guys that thought 
they were going to be drafted that uh, wasn't drafted. Uh, you know, I'm a true believer that uh, if you get an opportunity to go to camp that and, and, and have the right mindset that you can be successful. Uh, now, who were your winners and losers from this uh, past week's draft? You know, man, um, I don't think this is going out on a limb, and I don't think this is too far-fetched. But I actually think that the Baltimore Ravens were a big winner in this year's NFL draft. You know, um, they went out and they got Elam, um, a safety to replace um, Ed Reed. And, um, you know, a lot of people thought they were going going to get um, Antateo. That was not the case. They went out and got Arthur Brown from um, Kansas State, who's a solid a solid linebacker. Um, they went out and got a, a defensive tackle from Missouri State. So I, I really think that um, I, I think the Baltimore Ravens and, and uh, Ozzie Newsom did some things in this year's draft. Man, I, I, I tell you what, Ozzie Newsom is a, he's just a big time general manager. You know, he, it seemed like he has all the right moves, that he makes all the right moves. But uh, another team that I was very, very impressed with is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they had three first-round picks. They took Sharif Floyd, who a lot, a lot of people had rated as one of the top ten players available in the draft, and they got him in the 20s. They took Xavier Rhodes out of Florida State. And then they traded back into the first round and took uh, – Corderell Patterson and uh you know all three of those guys should play huge roles next year for the Minnesota Vikings uh and I just really feel that they had a very solid draft. You know um I think the Vikings did a solid job solid job with their draft. But man who 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 were the losers in, in this year's draft? If you had to pick a loser, who do you think did a did a poor job of bringing in a new crop of players? If I had to pick a, a team, man, uh, I was a little disappointed in the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, they took a center uh, in, in the first round. Uh, I, I just really feel I was I was a little disappointed uh, in the Cowboys. They traded down, end up uh, drafting a center, and uh, just not really impressed with uh, some of the moves they made. Uh, another team is uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, I, I really feel that they need to get some more playmakers uh for cam newton but uh those are two teams that stick out in my mind the cowboys and the panthers you know um i I tell you man i think the new york jets they they really could have did a little bit more with uh with their draft selection uh i was i was a little disappointed with what i saw with the jets i really was uh, I, I was expecting them to, but when you when you think about the Jets, we still think about about Rex Ryan as being what you call a lame duck coach, and I really think he is a lame duck coach. Well, well, you know, uh, with with the Jets, man, to me, they got the best cornerback in the draft, and D. Milner out of Alabama, and and they and and in my opinion, they got the best quarterback in the draft, and uh. In, in Geno Smith. So uh, I, I'm not as disappointed in the Jets draft as a lot of people are. It's tough to replace a guy like Revis, but at the same time, you, you're getting a, a, a cornerback that's really prepared to step in and start from day one in Milner. Uh, he's from a Nick Saban defense. So uh, 
And I'm very impressed with the man. A lot of people question his speed. What did he do? He went to the combine and with the hurt shoulder, he ran in the four threes. And then Geno Smith, in most years, when you're the top-rated quarterback in the National Football League draft, you're a top-ten pick. He fell to them in the second round. And uh, I, I really feel that Geno is capable of coming in and uh, and beating out Sanchez. You know, uh, the Jets uh, owe Sanchez $8.25 million this for this season and uh after that it's guaranteed after that i really feel that uh this is going to be geno's team and i wouldn't be surprised if the jets either try to get sanchez to renegotiate his contract so they can trade him or cutting them all together man it wouldn't surprise me if if they cut sanchez but i'm not so sure that uh that i'm, I'm not so sure that geno smith was a good pick for them in the second round. Even though, you know, it was a lot of hate, hype made about him coming into this year's draft. You know, some projected him to be in the top pick, top 10 picks. But I'm still not so sure that he can run a NFL team. Um, this is not West Virginia he's playing against, though. You know, the one thing that I don't, I don't understand, you know, uh, all during the college football season, Geno Smith, he's one of the hardest working quarterbacks you could ever be around. He was such a film rat. And then you start to hear stories. Oh, I don't know how football smart he is. Uh, you know, the one thing about, uh, the, the draft is teams have put reports out there that kind of, Assassinate all, basically assassinate a player's character, man, and uh, and that can cause a player to drop in the draft. So uh, teams have to be really diligent in doing their homework. But uh, I feel that this young man, I've watched him play at West Virginia, and know the NFL is not West Virginia, it's not the Big East. But as far as a guy that can make all the throws, he has displayed that he can make every throw that it takes to be successful in the National Football League. And he also has shown that he can be mobile enough to run some of the zone read stuff that uh, NFL teams are going to. I just really feel that he's going to give the Jets a skill set that's been missing at the quarterback position for a while. If he can protect the football, I I really feel that the Jets have potentially a franchise quarterback uh, in Geno Smith. The one thing that the Jets are lacking is offensive playmakers. You know, their best receivers, Antonio Holmes, and uh, he's nursing an injury. uh, They got some young, raw guys that that hasn't really proven himself. But, uh, you know, just speaking of teams that had great drafts, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, uh, one of the picks that I really, really, really love is the Marcus Lattimore pick in the fourth round. You know, you're talking about a team that's already uh, built to to contend for a championship and what this is going to allow Lattimore to do is not have to rush rush to come back from his injury it's almost going to um give him an opportunity to red shirt uh and, and that's rare in the nfl when a guy's drafted and and have the luxury of sitting a whole year to rehab because there's no rush of uh coming and being productive so I, I just really feel that the 49ers and coach Harbaugh they're making all the right moves I just think that has something to do with that that Michigan upbringing in them you know I guess when I look at the San Francisco 49ers man I would expect them to trade some of those picks to get some higher picks and just to see it happen and they and you know they they, they drafted like 13 guys you know I don't think I don't see 13 guys making this team 
And I think they would have done better served to trade some of those picks and move up and take a, take a couple of extra picks. You know, in the second round, San Francisco took a, took a tight end, Vance McDonald. You know, I don't, I don't see that when you have the best tight end in the game right now, uh, to take a tight end, which in, in the second round. But but when you look at the way the game is going, what are teams doing? You know, you got to look at the New England Patriots. They're taking advantage of the tight ends. And, and hey, yeah, Vernon Davis is one of the best tight ends in the game. But at the same time, man, you you got maybe maybe this guy they're going to allow him to block. Now when you can spread teams out, it's just put more pressure on your safeties and linebackers to cover. And uh, you see how New England has implemented two tight ends into their offense and uh. It has worked wonders for them. And, and and this guy, Vance McDonald, he was rated much higher than number 55. So I look at that as like they, they stole a big-time player. Uh, another team that really had a very impressive draft to me is uh, is the Rams, the St. Louis Rams. Uh, they took uh, possibly the best offensive playmaker in the draft in Tavon Austin. They moved up to the number eight slot and drafted. Uh, I mean, you're talk to, talking about an uh, electrifying uh, guy. Uh, Austin, he can line up in the slot. He can uh, he can line up in the backfield. He's a jack of all trades guy, and uh, they also drafted to me the best inside linebacker in the draft, and Alec Ogletree out of Georgia. Yeah, I, you know I'm gonna tell you I'm I'm really impressed with what the Rams did. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I'm 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 still I'm still I'm still not sold on on Sam uh, Sam Bradford man as a quarterback for the Rams, and I'm very surprised that the Rams didn't take any quarterbacks. You know, even someone in the late round, the fifth or the sixth round, they took no quarterbacks. So you know, but they did take a running back, um, uh, like St- uh, Zach Stacy out of um, uh, uh, Vanderbilt in a late round, fifth round, because they lost Steven Jackson, probably the most productive running back in the league for a long, long time. You know, even um, Trayvon Austin, you know, he's played some running back, but he's no running back at 5'8", 174 pounds. Uh, no, he's not. But uh, last year they drafted a guy in the second round, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be the heir apparent to uh, Steven to Steven Jackson. Another team that really addressed the need, uh, in my opinion, is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they, they took Eddie Lacy out of the University of Alabama in the uh, second round in the 60s. You're talking about a young man that was uh, rated the number one running back in the draft. And they also took Jonathan Franklin out of uh, UCLA. So and that was one of their areas of concern. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. flagship station for sports voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field the goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and, of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, it was only one quarterback taken in the first round, and it was not Geno Smith, and it was not Matt Barkley. And, man, you know, last year we talked about Matt Barkley as he was supposed to be in the top ten players selected in the draft. He chose to come back to college, suffered a shoulder injury, and here this man is being drafted in the fourth round. He went from making millions and millions and millions to just signing a fourth-round contract, man. It's these days of, hey, let's stay in one more year to have another, have a lot of fun in college and have the college experience. Are those days over? Are these guys going to say, hey, man, I'm eligible for the draft. Let me go make this money. If they're not over, Matt Barkley is going to be the poster child for why not to stay in school. Uh, if you really want to um, if you want to look even farther into it, you got to look at Matt Liner. He's another guy that uh, his stock, draft, uh, stock dropped for uh, staying another year in school. But uh, I would really say Matt Barkley lost over $9 million because last year he would have been uh, – he was a potential top ten pick. And there's no way he would not have been a first-round draft pick last year. Uh, the only people that benefited from Mark, Matt Barkley staying in school another year is uh, is Lane Kiffin and the University of uh, USC because now you you sell more merchandise. You, your stadium is full because Matt Barkley is your quarterback. Uh, Matt Barkley, uh, to to me, uh, he, he made he made a bad decision. Uh, he came back. He got hurt. He didn't have the same protection. I don't think he's any worse of a quarterback than he was the year before. But uh, what what happened is teams got a chance to really, really evaluate his his film, and they start dissecting uh, what was wrong with them and looking at all of the little things and nitpicking. So sometimes when you come out a year earlier, you catch them by surprise. And and also another thing that I would look at in the Matt Barkley situation is I don't really feel that the NFL teams are really being truthful with these uh, young men when it comes to their evaluation and where they expect them to be drafted at because uh, – 
the NFL, it is a business, and I really feel that uh, the longer these young men stay in college, I think the, NFL, the, the more prepared they are for the NFL in most cases. But in Matt Barkley's case, I really feel that this is going to end that debate. If you're ready, if you're, if you're a potential top ten pick, you need to leave uh, because potential is what gets you paid. Exactly. Exactly. As a matter of fact, um, Barry Larkin's son, he just, he came out today in basketball and more power to him because next year's season might not be as good as this year. Hey, but let me ask you a question. You know, is, is Barkley going to be that diamond in the rough? Is he going to be that guy that comes out and challenge Michael Vick this year for the starting job in Philadelphia? I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's going to challenge him for his job, but I really do feel that Vic stays in uh, Philly a number. He's essentially playing on a one-year contract. And uh, the, the Eagles were smart. They gave up a seventh-round pick to move up in the fourth round to select Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley played against Chip Kelly for four years, and, uh, you know, Kelly knows Barkley. Barkley's a big-time quarterback talent. They got a potential top-ten guy in the fourth round. Uh, and I really do feel that Matt Barkley was the one quarterback that was ready to step into an NFL huddle and start from day one. So uh, I, I just I, I think it was a great pick by the, um, by the Eagles. Hey, Darrell, we got another caller on the line. We got Joseph from Crescent City. How you doing, Joseph? I'm doing good, sir. Well, you're listening to Sports Info UM, Joseph, and we want to know who is your favorite NFL team or favorite player? Well, my favorite team is New York Giants, and my favorite player is the quarterback on that team, Peyton Manning. You mean Eli Manning? Yeah, Eli Manning. (laughs) Hey, he's just as good, Jonathan. Joseph. Joseph, he's just as good as um as um Peyton Manning. Has yep. more championships. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, are, you, are you an athlete, um, Joseph? Yes, sir. I play football. All right. What position? I play linebacker and wide back. All right. Man, you're, you're a headhunter and a runner. I like that. Yes, sir. Yeah. You got any questions for us tonight, um, sir? Sir? You have any questions for us tonight? No, I was just told to call and tell you to tell you thank you for coming and speaking to us and boys the men and thank you for all the advice that you gave us. Hey uh, man, no, we appreciate you too. No problem, Joseph. Hey, thanks for calling, man. Uh don't be a stranger. Call us anytime. If you have any sports questions, we're on Mondays from eight to nine PM Eastern Standard Time. So uh feel yes, free uh, to call us. Do you know when the football season starts again? I know spring ball starts in the state of Florida on Wednesday. All right. May 1st. Why, right, Joseph, keep up the good work, man. Keep your head in those All books, right. sir. All right. All right. All right. Hey, man, you made a real impression on those young men, man. Real impression. That's a beautiful thing, Sam. Hey, man, yep. I try. I try. Hey, I, hey you know, there was <laughs> yeah. no running back taken in the first round of the draft. Uh, you know, Eddie Lacy fell to the Packers in the second round, and uh, Lattimore landed in the fourth round. What do, what do you think about uh, the lack of running backs uh, being drafted in the first round? You know, man, we find teams that find suitable running backs as free agents now in the seventh round. It's not. It's it's very common to see a running back taken in the fifth round that's starting in the NFL, and so we look at it now. We're putting a, we've put a much higher value 
on slot receivers and receivers and tight ends than we do on running backs. And it's, hey, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to see. I never thought this day would come that the running back was not the most, the second most popular player on offense behind the quarterback. And now we look at, I'm telling you, man, receivers and tight ends are, are more useful than uh, running backs in a sense. Because on, on third, if, if it's third and two in the NFL, they're more than likely to throw the ball. Ten years ago, third and two, more than likely they were going to run the ball. Well, you know, one of the um, the highest rated back in the draft was Eddie Lacy at the University of Alabama. It came out the day that I guess he had some medical red flags. Uh, teams were kind of scared away of his from his toe and his hamstrings. But uh, I, and again, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, teams are finding a lot of value in running backs in in late round picks, and they're afraid to use that top pick unless a guy is really, really special. Uh, I do feel that Lacey has the ability to make a big-time impact with the Green Bay Packers. But, uh, you know, it's also a position that takes a pound. And uh, when they're not running the ball, they're blocking, they're pass protecting. So, uh, you know, they're being hit on every single play. you got to start looking at um, how many carries these guys are getting in high school and college. Some of these guys are beat up by the time they get to the uh, NFL, and you only have so many carries in you. Uh, that's why if I'm a young running back, I'm not a University of Alabama fan, but uh, I really do love the system that uh, Nick Saban is implementing uh, at the University of Alabama. He's getting three and four guys. He's splitting up the carries. He's keeping them fresh, and he's selling them on being fresh for the National Football League. So that's something that you're definitely going to have to look into if you're um, a recruit that plays a running back position. Hey, Daryl, your man, Manti Teo, University of Notre Dame, falls to the second round of San Diego Chargers. I really think that that was a great pickup by the, uh, by the Chargers. You know, I, I think it was I think it was a good pick by the Chargers, but do you think the fact that Junior Seau had such a productive and illustrious career with San Diego that they would pick another Hawaiian player, Samoan player after after he went through what he went through, um, committing suicide? And all of that. Do you think that had just a sprinkle of anything to do with them picking Manti Teo? Uh, it, it, it could have played a role, but at the end of the day, I feel that if you're going to use a high second round draft pick on a guy, uh, he, he's going to, um, in your mind, you feel that he's going to make an impact for your organization. And, uh, you know, I can, it, it could be just a coincidence that, uh, that he's, Hawaiian, but uh, I, I really feel at the end of the day, it was his ability. I really feel that Manti Teo is uh, is prepared to step into a huddle uh, after he takes the criticism from his teammates in in the lead from day one. Uh, he was very productive at the University of Notre Dame, and I I I, I love the pick in the second round. Hey, but Daryl, man, I'm telling you, when you look at conferences. And who had the biggest day? The SEC dominated the draft again. They had an SEC. The SEC had 63 players drafted to set a new record. No other conference produced half that many players. The ACC had 31 players drafted. The Pac-12 had 28. They were the next two in line. Uh, what does that tell us about the, the SEC's dominance? You know, Sam, I tell you, that tells us that the SEC is a different league. 
You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you, when you look at it, the SEC East had 32 players. The SEC West had 31 players. And then the ACC had 31 players, the next conference. So the SEC literally had twice as many players as the next conference behind them. You know, it's unbelievable, man. And it's not just, it's not just um, Alabama. It's Tennessee. It's Georgia. You know, it's it's all of them. It's it's Ole Miss. It's it's all of them. So, I applaud the SEC conference and 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 you know, man, you really have to when you when you start thinking about teams like Kentucky, who has been dwelling in the cellar of the SEC conference for a long time, you wonder how can a team like that ever come up when they looking when they're looking up at teams like Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Texas A and M now. Wow, it's a long climb. Since 2000, the SEC has had 528 players drafted. The Big Ten is next with 455, followed by the Pac-12 with 391, and the Big 12 with 371. You know, uh, it's just a tremendous amount of talent in the SEC. You see a week in and week out, they're getting guys prepared. Hey, but the Florida State Seminoles had a team best 11 players drafted and after that it was the SEC Alabama with nine players LSU with nine players with six defenders uh, being drafted in the first three rounds you're talking about team defense Georgia the University of Georgia had eight players Florida had a team record eight players and South Carolina Rutgers had six hey Derek, I got an interesting uh, I have an interesting uh, fact for you Harvard and Cornell had players drafted in the fourth round before what three big-time universities? I have a look. Uh, your alumni is one of them, and my alumni is one of them. Harvard and Cornell had players drafted before Michigan, Nebraska, and Miami. Wow. So that's just letting you know that you can go to school, you can be smart. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you play football, man. That that was an interesting fact that I stumbled upon uh today. And and you know that's that's quite a fact too. And, and I guess Sam, that lets us know that the talent is is being spread around the country now. It used to be you know you know, it used to be Miami, Florida State, you know, uh, Michigan, uh Ohio State. They got all the talent. But it's talent is everywhere. And the cream will rise to the top. Whether you're in the SEC or whether you play for Harvard or whether you play for Alcorn State, the cream will rise to the top. And if you're good enough, the NFL will find you. I, I think you just hit the nail right on the head. If you're good enough, it don't matter what school you're going to go to, you will be scouted. You will have an opportunity to play at the next level. Again, a two-star recruit from Michigan. Uh that wasn't good enough to go to Michigan. He wasn't good enough to go to Michigan State, become the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, Mr. Fisher. Uh, so it just lets you know, man, you got to continue to work hard, and uh, sometimes guys develop later than others. Uh, it, it's just uh, um, it's, it's a great opportunity. And uh, any advice for the guys that were drafted or, or free agents? You know, you know, man, when I when I look back, when I was drafted in 1987, you know, I, I guess if it was anything I would, would have done differently is that I would have tried to get on every special team I could. Not only my position as a running back, but I would have been on the extra point field goal, punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff returns, sure hand, onside kick, 
it didn't matter what it was. I would have tried to make an effort to to get involved in every special team I could. And definitely, gentlemen, whoever's out there listening, put your head in your playbook and don't get it out. I mean, every night you got to study this thing like it's your lifeline. I mean, you know, it's not just an hour. It needs to be three or four hours. That's what I tell them, Sam. And hey, you- guys, it's Time flies when you're having fun. You know, we had a lot of NBA news and notes that we weren't able to get into. Uh, The thing is, can anybody beat the heat? We just want to congratulate and thank everyone for listening. Uh, Next week, we're going to go in-depth with the NBA playoffs. We'd like to thank all our listeners and thank the young men from Crescent City for calling in. Uh, But again, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, We'll be back next week on Sports Info UM on the Voice American Network. Curry's on fire. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.